Right, folks, we got to get a wriggle on. I sh uh, apparently, that was really loud in the microphone because there is a big block of red Ooh. on the record. Oh, no. Ooh, no one likes no one likes that red. It's going to start with a crackle, and it's going to have a red line across the top of the recording the whole way through, reminding yeah. me of my sin and making me feel bad. But we got to get on quick. We, In fact, we got to go fast. we got to go fast. Got to go fast. Got to go fast, which gotta go is fast. fitting this week. But... Yeah. On a related note, uh, we have to sort of get this done on time because you're off to see a f another video game film with very detailed cartoon characters. I'm I'm off to see what I would say is probably the one of these two that I'm more excited to see. I would um, say out of the two, there is one yeah, that looks yeah. markedly better. There's there's one that looks more like a you know actual passable viewable film yeah the other one makes me want to throw my breakfast up all over my lap did you did you see my theory on that movie what's your theory that it's secretly funded and produced by adam sandler because he doesn't he doesn't want pixels to be the worst video game movie anymore <laughs> oh, uh, oh yeah, we will I, get to that don't don't yeah, you worry we'll get there in a second but yeah by the time you hear this i will have seen that detective pikachu which uh, and, oh. I'm I'm real hoping it's good. I'm hoping it's not terrible. Yeah, I'm fascinated, utterly fascinated by it. Um, yeah. The trailers look good, and it looks like they know what they're doing. Everything looks like it should be good, yeah. but trailers are also misleading, so who knows? The thing I worry about at the second is the, the trailers have all shown like the very same handful of moments, and it's like, okay, do they have enough to justify between those scenes, but it's Ryan Reynolds doing what he does best, which is doing a passion project role where he just gets to be Ryan Reynolds for a bit. Yeah. Um, I, It looks good. I'm excited. I have hope that this might be the good video game film. Yeah. It's such good marketing as well. Like, it hits all yeah. many demographics because kids will go see it for Pokemon. Adults will go see it because they remember Pokemon. And want to see like the things they remember because nostalgia is so big. They want to see the things they remember on the screen. Yeah, but because you made it look slightly more serious with Ryan Reynolds as Pikachu in a hat, you know, they don't feel embarrassed about going to see a Pokemon film. Yeah, and it's perfect timing. I mean, in the middle of like geek stuff being so in the Marvel Universe, yeah. Game of Thrones, like all of that stuff, like this is the time where you can get away with a Pokemon film. And watch it as an adult and yeah. maybe only be vaguely side-eyed by the parents. <laughs> it's, I, I think they really did, like, it, it, it's benefiting them that they've not tried to make this the kid from Pallet Town goes and gets all the badges and beats the Elite Four movie. Cause, like, yeah, and, and at the same time, they haven't done Pokemon end up in the real world because they're aliens or something, like another no. movie's trying. That that well-worn concept. Yeah. They've kind of made it look like that because the kid, at least in the trailers, doesn't look like he knows much about Pokemon worlds like and what they get up to. So they still have that relatable fish-out-of-water type thing. Yeah. But they've got it the right way round. It's not the weird alien that we all know and love in the real world. It's like us getting to know more about them like it's it's the right way round i feel yeah agreed and and these this this is all to say detective pikachu seems seems positive so far and i'm excited to see it um i'm i'm, I'm having real mixed feelings about that other film right yes oh. let's let's talk about that it was already alarming when we just saw a silhouette of the 
the creature, what I'm calling the manhog. Oh, I have a question for you both quickly, and it's the thing that's been on my mind. Yeah. Why the human teeth? Because it's Brundle Hedgehog. Why the human teeth? <laughs> that was my prequel, was Jeff Goldblum got into that teleporter with a fucking hedgehog, and that was the result with the teeth and the eyes and the legs. It would make a pretty good, like, twist ending if Gina Davis blows Sonic's head off with a shotgun. <laughs> uh. By the way, listeners, if you haven't watched The Fly, the 80s movie The Fly, go watch it because it's absolutely brilliant. Oh, it's great. It's so, mu- it's so much more... It's so much more than a, a horror movie. It's like it's it's actually just a very tragic love story. That movie. It's so good. It's it's an amazing film. I love The Fly, the the eighties one, not not the help me, help me one, which isn't quite as romantic. Sorry, my um my voice is really bad today. I've been dying of the flu for the last week, so I'm in not. Not super hundred percent today, but I'll do my best. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. My voice is a little cracky. I've, I've I had another bout with the asthma. I think I'm narrowing down what's causing it, but uh, yeah, it's left me a little bit raspy. It's nowhere near as bad as last time though. It's 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 lucky we did today actually, and not yesterday, because t- yesterday I could barely even get up, let alone <laughs> talk. I, I've I've just sent you both a thing in our Skype chat. Um, I didn't realise how bad this Sonic movie looked until someone put it side by side with, like, I, I don't know, what you imagine a CGI Sonic would look like. Yeah, like, this is actually a game-accurate Sonic that they've just sort of put in place of the movie Sonic. Yeah. And it looks better because it turns out that a character that's been super popular for decades yeah. probably ought to look like that character because that character is popular. I'm doing a whole Jimquisition on this thing because Hollywood's arrogant. It's almost as if there's a century of animation there to inform us that sometimes less realistic looking uh, creatures, you know, creep us out less. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the whole basis of those sort of classic images of like the photorealistic Mario and the photorealistic Kirby and the Simpsons one, which is just... Like, sometimes the more realistic you make a cartoon character, the more horrific it is. Yeah, That's why, that's why Chucky is so scary, because he's a, a doll, one of those dolls that everyone knows them. You see them when you're a kid, they're terrifying. Uh, I, it's, it's, it's just those weird eyes and the, the human teeth that keep upsetting me. There's just something not quite right about that face. I did a trailer reaction to it. Um, sort of moments after it went up, because I was like, I've got, I've got to jump on this. The the music label owning Gangster's Paradise fucking c- copyright claimed it, so they're making the money off it, the bastards. And I blame the movie for that because it doesn't, it doesn't get to have Gangster's Paradise way. What the fuck does that song? What does that song have to do with Sonic the Hedgehog? I'm really. It has to do with marketing. Is all it has to do with. It's this desperate bid that, that movies do now to follow the, the Guardians of the Galaxy vibe. Where it's like, let's just get a song. Julio plays like local pubs in my town sometimes because like that's his audience now. Uh, ask him what the fuck he was thinking. <laughs> he got he got pissed off, didn't he, when um, Weird Al did the cover of it, The Amish Paradise. Didn't he get pissed off? Yeah, he did. And did you see... Did you see Weird Al's tweet yesterday? I did, yeah. That was yeah. very funny. I missed that. What was his tweet? Jim can explain it because I'm too tired. Oh, and sick. Weird, Weird Al. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Weird, Weird Al said that he, um, uh, oh, it was something about being concerned that there was a cover of Amish Paradise in the <laughs> trailer for Sonic. Yeah, it was quite fun. Um, but yeah, it's it's the fingers that upset me the most. <gasps> I can just imagine them wrapped around my neck when I'm sleeping at night and I wake up and it's just looking down at me. With its teeth, just, I'm going to bite your balls. I'm going to bite your balls right off. And then they'll... <laughs> the, the, the thing that keeps standing out to me, and this is, like, I think the, the, the biggest warning sign in that trailer was there are shots in the trailer where Sonic does not look like he physically exists within that 3D space. And, like, if you can't get that right in the trailer, making him look like he's a part of the world he's in, I don't have a huge amount of faith in in your film. Yeah. You know, one day, they might remake fucking Who Framed Roger Rabbit and they'll miss the entire point of it by CGI-ing <laughs> Roger Rabbit and, and all the cartoon characters. I mean, like, to be fair, Jim Carrey also didn't seem to exist in the physics. Jim Carrey was exi- existing in some eldritch corner of, uh. of the universe there in that. Yeah, it was called 1997. And it was Jim Carrey being 1997 Jim Carrey. He was, but like, if this film has any chance of being enjoyable, it's Jim Carrey. Oh, yeah, 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 sure. None of the other elements I saw in that trailer seemed amusing. I'm like, oh, Jim Carrey might be funny, maybe. The joke they showed where he's talking all fast made me cringe. Yeah, I like Jim Carrey, but that felt like someone doing a bad impersonation of Jim Carrey. See, I'm the opposite. I quite enjoyed his performance in the trailer, but I just don't like him as a person. He's, he's, uh... He's a bit of a anti-vaxxer nonsense person. Oh god! Yeah, I know. Yeah, is it? Are you sure he's not like method acting as a dickhead? I would really like to believe so. We can all just believe in our hearts. Didn't he like go back on all that? Ah, he may have done, and if he did, I'm I stand corrected. I will do. I'll do a Google now. I I thought that was a thing for a while. He clearly finished the role. Stop method acting as a dickhead. Um, yeah, that that film doesn't look. Yeah, it's. I've, I've seen. Um, I think it was Larry Bundy tweeted uh, a redesign as well. Not not using the in-game model, but yeah, all yeah. he did was change the mouth so it wasn't as toothy and horrible. It was like gave him a more of a sonic smile hmm. and just joined the eyes up. Yeah, and that's all it took. And he was, and it does look so much better. It's. I think this is. The whole trailer gave me the vibe of something that was created purely in a boardroom. Very focus-tested, very marketing-centric, right down to the fucking, the undeserved use of Gangster's Paradise. The whole thing's designed to tick boxes. That's my read on it. And I just, I don't get why Hollywood keeps thinking it knows better. Like, this is an argument I've made several times before about products that change in this way. If you're, I get that they just want the name, but if you're buying the property, you're doing it because it's valuable. And if it's yeah. valuable, it's for the reasons you bought the fucking property. Yeah. I don't know what to make of this film. Like, I, the first trailer I saw for Detective Pikachu, I was like, ah, this is weird. It's unexpected. These things don't look how I expect them to look, but I'm on board. Yeah. Like, it... It won me over straight away in a way that this is like, um, I'm looking for bad stuff in Sonic now. Yeah, I, uh... Funny enough, I haven't I haven't seen any of the usual this is ruining my childhood. Probably because there's no women. <laughs> well, 
I was going to say, I think it's because Sonic fans have been used to their childhood yeah, being ruined yeah. for a <laughs> they while might, now. Yeah, they might just be lying on the floor disaffected, just, oh, okay, it's bad. That was that was a joke, by the way, an angry comment writer who's writing an angry comment at me right now. <laughs> I mean everything I say, and I echo Gav's sentiments, but without any humour um, for the angry comment brigade. Uh, yeah, I believe everything that was said, not in jest, but for real. Um, and also, uh, I think most people who would have said it's ruined their childhood are still scared. Yeah. Because I'm still scared. I I look yeah. at it and I'm scared. Those teeth just terrify me. What do you need those human teeth for? Where did you get them? It should be locked up. It should be locked up in the fucking SCP Foundation. He needs those human teeth for eating human meat. (laughs) (laughs) Sonic is the Night King. He'll chew on your nipples. Sonic's got nipple-chewing teeth, and he will chew on them. (laughs) Just constantly. Not even, like, that bad, but just enough to let you know he's always there. I'm imagining a little one, like a foot tall. And it's crawled under your shirt, and it's just grabbed hold of your your nip meat, and it's just and you can hear it. And you're in a restaurant, and you're trying to eat your own dinner. It's just, and people know he's under there. It's just frankly amazing to me that anyone thought anything about this was a good idea. Uh... I think that's again, it's it's there's I don't find much thought behind it other than money, and and they. These are handled by people who don't understand the properties, so they think they know better. Yeah. And they know better from years of churning out shit like Michael Bay's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and the Transformers and mm. all that stuff. It's just design it as as far as we can tell, like scientifically engineer it to sell as many toys as possible. And yeah. that's the result. That's the result of cold cynicism. Who the fuck is going to want to buy that toy? I mean, that's what I'm trying to work out. Am I out of touch? Is that what the kids want? As as much as I'm grumbling about it, like, this film's going to be a hit with the kids. You think? Yeah, I, 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 I think that they'll get enough of a marketing be- a budget behind it that children will be like, this is the, the film that will be good. I mean, that's the, the ultimate thing is, is they don't have to make it good. No. They have to put out enough commercials for it and use the the name, the branding. They, they, they have to make it feel to kids like it's important they see it. Kids are just as affected by the Uncanny Valley as we are, though. And that's why The Dark Crystal scared me so much as a kid. But that, that movie was meant to scare you. Well, I'm sure what will happen is it'll be a fairly big hit. Like, this is just me guessing. Uh, I can imagine a big hit opening weekend. And then 20 years from now... Those kids, now adults, the celebrities among them will be on those, like, I love the 2010s kind of compilation nostalgia shows, and all they'll talk about is how terrifying it was. Yeah. Like, I went to see it as a kid, and it scared the shit out of me. And half of them might just be overblowing it to get on those shows, but that'll be the talking point 20 years from now. I wouldn't be surprised. I think you've you've pegged it there. I would not want to peg Sonic. Not that (laughs) Sonic. Why does he stretch his legs in the trailer? That only makes it worse. That compounds the issue. It's the fingers, though. Don't do a close-up on the hands. Don't accentuate how horrible Sonic's long fingers are. There's there's a reason he wears gloves in the games. It's because we don't want to see Sonic's man fingers. (laughs) Uh, 
So, video video games. What what other ones of them have we had this week that weren't terrifying hellscapes of human teeth? I I played the the biker game. Oh yeah, how are you getting on with the biker game? Uh, it's nah, nah. No. I was I was an hour and a half in, and I was like, why is this open world grind? annoying me whereas i would happily play assassin's creed odyssey for 100 hours mm. and then i realized it's because assassin's creed odyssey is fun <laughs> <laughs> and because the mechanics in it are fun and you've lots of options and when you tell the character to do something they do it immediately in a way that feels right that's a good that that is one massive bonus assassin's creed has over days gone is you can be reasonably assured that when you press a button something will happen <laughs> yeah days gone took less than two hours to annoy me with its controls Oof. they felt finicky and the aiming is bad even after at the very first skill i unlocked was the one to aim better and it still felt yeah. shit mm. yeah that is an issue the ranged combat is real bad yeah, and the stealth felt just really rudimentary, like just boring. One thing I noticed is once I leveled up the ranged combat a few times, now I'm playing it almost like a VAT system with oh, yeah. the, the focus gauge slowing everything down. And it feels like they should have like emphasized that more and made more skills play into slow motion being something more tactical yeah. because without it, the combat is piss. You can have a reticle on someone's fucking chest even, not just their head, on their chest, and miss them. Or you can have the reticle like above their head, not targeting them, and hit them somehow. Headshot. There's also that really weird Red Dead style dead zone in the controller with the aiming. But the difference is, in Red Dead, you could turn that off. Mm. In this game, you're stuck with it. And the aiming feels... You can't make tiny little small movements with the aiming. It's either no, you, you no. don't move or you fly off to the right. And that's an exaggeration, but like, it just it felt all wrong. Yeah. And it felt to me like it just felt like a game from maybe 10 years ago. But then, no, we had Gears of War 10 years ago and the aiming and that was perfect. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It just And, and, and it's, it's beautiful looking. Very pretty, but I, I found the environments kind of uninspired and uninteresting to explore. Which... It's nothing but, like, for the most part, until you get a bit later and that you see a bit more of... Because Oregon's got kind of a mixed um, set of biomes. Yeah. Uh, I just liked, I just wanted an excuse to say that. But for the most part, it is just Oregon forests. Yeah, and the story seemed interesting, you know. And I think the wedding scene everyone was freaking out about, I think people were maybe missing a bit of context from that and that that was kind of just a kind of silly cheesy cute moment between a couple yeah like it was it was cheesy and a bit uh, like a bit oh that's rubbish but yeah like it the dialogue ain't that level the whole way through um for the most part it's it's corny but it's fine and it's very well performed that's what masks it it felt like the character herself knew it was a corny line and she was like, yeah, yeah, I'll do your biker thing for you. And it was like, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, well, I'll say it didn't stand out to me that bad at the time. There, There is also some context for that line elsewhere in the game where the first, I, I believe it's the first time they meet, he says, oh, if we if we ever end up getting married, don't, don't say anything corny like yeah. this. And it's, it sort of pulls back to like, oh, okay, she was doing it deliberately tongue-in-cheek to 
to sort of annoy him. Plus, like, the only people at their wedding were, like, other bikers who would have got the joke, so... Yeah, exactly. I think it was definitely... I mean, uh, this may shock you, but I feel like maybe social media took that one out of context in order to get angry over something. So is this a surprise? This is a shocking revelation that's never happened before. But But, but it was fun to get... To, to have a to have a laugh at, it was fun to have a giggle at it. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's definitely cheesy as fuck and funny yeah. to have a laugh at. Yeah. I'm sure it had there there was other context to it, but yeah, it was a good cheesy laugh. I think maybe it wasn't worth all the fights people had about it. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. If you want to criticise the writing in Days Gone, there's plenty of stuff to pick over, um, like proper legit stuff to pick over. Um, the fact that it. At times it does get interesting. There's intrigue. There's where's this going next a little bit. Um, but then, like, I'm, I am I hit a point where it was just nothing was of note was happening for hours. It was, and it's like this, it's inconsistent. You know what it did as well that um, this, I was trying to think about why I'm so much more patient with other open world games with tons of shit to unlock. And I think I realized at the start that like, The game is putting all these things in front of me I have to unlock in order to enjoy the game. As opposed to, Mm -hmm. this game is good, we're going to give you loads of bonus shit. You get what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's... Oh, no, no. I've I've felt that in this and several other games before. It's uh, it's where you feel that once you've spent a few hours on upgraded stuff, you don't feel like you've upgraded. You feel like you've brought the character up to par. Exactly. Mm. And the sprint, like stuff like the sprint speed is really fucking pathetic. And like you run out of stamina. And I just don't think there should ever be, I get why they do it because of the horde mechanic, but I didn't find that fun either at all. No, I'm going to amend something I said last week regarding hordes. I said there seems to be no reward for it. It turns out that the first and only time I cared to fight a horde because it was such a waste of ammo and time uh, and they're not fun to fight. Um, I just, I didn't get given any reward for it and I felt like it was a massive horde I just put down. But then I ended up really annoyed that they were in the way of something I wanted um, more recently. Uh, So did take them on and then I got, it turned out that there are hordes basically like all the other collectibles in open world stuff. Taking them out is part of... uh, kill 20 hordes or whatever it is, put down 10 bandit camps, pick up these. And what, you get like XP or? It's the same as everything else, XP and trust from the the camps and all that stuff. All the common rewards. Um, Even then it doesn't feel much worth it unless you're going for completion because the hordes are not fun to fight. It's, I've nailed down the tactic is you run, you put on the slow motion, you pump loads of, gunfire into them you run you do it again you get in front of red barrels and run and stop and fire at that and that's all it is it's just running backwards and stopping and and popping off shots until there are enough left that you feel you can hit them with your baseball bat yeah and and i'm not far enough in and probably won't ever be to truly give a fair opinion on this but the little bit of gameplay stuff i found felt very contrived like only one hour and a half in there were three occasions where I had to find a generator oh the generator needs fuel go find the gas can run away from the zombies fill the fuel I was just like "Eh." and you have to watch the oh my god the animations the fucking animations they don't get more clever 
They only get more tedious. I mean, Jesus Christ, he takes longer to do shit than Arthur Morgan. Yeah, but you can definitely tell that's where they got it from. There are many times in this game where you can tell they're aching to be Red Dead Redemption. Desperate to be it. And, I, and I'll give it this. It is nicely animated and the character models are fantastic. The facial animations are great. It does look, it looks fab. I, I don't agree with that. Really? I, I, it, it's a visually buggy and the textures pop in really badly. And that actually gets a bit worse as you get deeper into the game. Yeah, I didn't see any of that. I'm in a later game area and the texture pop in is bizarre at times. It's Look, if, if it was the only game on my hard drive and if I hadn't just been playing Bloodborne last week I might give it a chance but uh, I don't know it just didn't it wasn't doing anything to compel me to keep playing it when I've when there are other games that do everything it does better yeah like I, I've, I've been lucky enough not to come across any any of those visual bugs and it like for me my experience has been much the same as it was with Red Dead it's this is a very nice looking game that I just can't bring myself to care about during the moment-to-moment playing of. Yeah, yeah. The zombies are boring too. Yeah, there's a bunch of things in this that I should like, but they just they just don't work together somehow. Yeah, I, I, I think I said it last week, but it feels like they, they learned a lot of mechanics from Red Dead and The Last of Us, but managed to transport none of the charm while they were pilfering. If you're going to learn something from Red Dead... I would suggest the mechanics should be the last thing you should look at. <laughs> in in most Rockstar games, yeah. there are many, many points of inspiration you can take from a Rockstar game. The mechanics is not one of those things. No. Like, mecha- Rockstar's mechanics feel dated by two decades now at this point. Yes, yes. Um, because uh, in, in many cases, it literally is just, just old fucking code. Because yeah. uh, they care more about making things cinematic. Not that I actually had that confirmed for anywhere. Yeah, as soon as soon as soon as in the first chapter of this game, I saw a little pathway, started walking down it, and the game immediately failed me from my mission. I was like, "Yeah, I can yeah. see where I can see where this is going." Like even even Assassin's Creed, the series notorious for that has fixed that in their last three games. Yeah, that's happened to me. I didn't fail it, but I got the mission warning of like, oh, you're going off the path. And it doesn't set a good first impression for your open world game. Um, And it is in the first mission. Particularly when your signposting isn't very good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, In fact, the signposting is so bad that at one point I cleared out the obligatory bandit camp and that unlocks things on your map. And... It unlocked a thing I wanted to go to because there was a stat upgrade in it for me. I highlighted it on the map, flagged it, followed the route, came to a base with a gate I couldn't get through, but the line was pointing straight through it. I wasted so... I I I can't even tell you how long it took me to go all the way around this massive base, only to learn two hours later, long after I gave up on it, it didn't open until a mission was involved. And that happens a lot. Like, you'll go up a really long ladder um, because you feel like there's going to be a reward up there. Find a few crafting materials that you can't pick up because you're at your inventory limit. Go all the way down. And these ladders are like snakey along. And then an hour later, you'll go to a mission where it was obligatory to go up there anyway. And you Mm -hmm. quickly learn, don't bother exploring. 
Just wait for things to be flagged on the map and go to them then. Never bother trying to figure it out for yourself. And that was, yeah. as as H Bomber guy would uh, use his term, like that was the play conditioning for me. I was conditioned to not explore. There was nothing in it for me. Yeah. There are never good rewards unless it's those explicitly marked um, generator areas. Your inventory is so goddamn small. Yep. And again, there's an upgrade for that that brings it up to par. And I'm going to coin my own phrase called par-skilling. Par-skilling. Par-skilling, yeah. where you bring up your skills to feel like you've finally gotten playable. It really does emphasize to me, though, um, how when there's a game that nicks a load of shit from other games... It could be really well done, like Horizon. Yep. Or it can just feel like, uh, and I don't, I don't feel like this game is lazy. I, it's weird when I'm playing it. I feel like there was a lot of heart put into it. If anything, it was trying too hard. Like yeah. it was just trying too hard to, to be like The Last of Us or Red Dead Redemption Two, mm. or other, yeah. not or and. Yeah. I, I I was playing through it and just being like, I'd rather be playing The Last of Us. I'd rather be playing, you know, any manner of other things. Yeah. yeah. Like, if you're going to copy, be good. Like, that's why I give Singularity a free pass where a lot of people called it a ripoff. They copied from so many FPS games, but they did everything really well. I did see someone saying, how can people not like the mechanics in this, but, but like it in The Last of Us? And... The difference is in The Last of Us, the reticle goes where you aim it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that helps. And here's the thing, like, some of the mechanics in The Last of Us I don't like. And I don't think they should be mimicked. And and they are mimicked. It's that uncharted style of enemy that the Naughty Dog do. Mm. That kind of ranged combat, I don't think it's all that good. And shooting a, shooting a bandit in the head like four times, that's just, you know, <laughs> that's not yeah. fun. And again, like, eventually you get weaponry that does a much better job. You actually get a sniper rifle that feels like a sniper rifle in the headshots are not as hard to do. Yeah. And even if you hit them in the chest, you'll probably kill them because it's a fucking sniper rifle. By the time you get that, you are so deep in the I was days deep. Days had gone by the time I had got to the point where I got a sniper rifle and thought, thought Oh, this is a sniper rifle. Yeah. Everything else feels like slingshots. Slings and arrows against the lightning. Yeah, I just can't care about that game as much as I would like to. Uh, I was one of the nicer ones. And it's been the biggest launch of the year in physical sales. Yeah. 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 They put a big marketing behind, a budget behind it. It's it's a big, big Sony exclusive. AAA Sony exclusive of the year, yeah. yeah. It's one of the few like AAA video games that isn't live service trash at the moment. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, there's probably, like, people fatigued on games that aren't having all that great a story, so they thought, well, there's some story-driven content. Yeah. Um, I think that's why I played it longer than I should have. Mm, same. Is I just didn't feel like there was anything else, um, except the old stuff I'm replaying. Yeah, where, where else am I going to get a new story in a video game right now? Yeah. 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 <sighs> Uh, so other things played this week. Um, I tried out that VR mode for uh, for Breath of the Wild. Oh yeah. Um, so so two things. First of all, I didn't do it with my hands held up to my face like Nintendo want you to. I saw your tweet. Yeah. Yeah. Someone someone has provided me, and I've, 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 there should be an article up about it on Kotaku by the time this goes up. But I I have a three D printed plastic VR headset for the Switch now and. 
oh, oh gosh, yeah, that makes it so much more comfortable to actually use. Um, it is everything I had hoped in that, like, oh yeah, no, head tracking still works fine, you just don't have to hold your hands up near your head. But, Breath of the Wild in VR, kind of cool. It's nice to be able to, you know, have it fill up your whole field of view and have depth. Don't move your head. Don't move your head. <laughs> because where most VR games will set you at a, a specific point in 3D space, and as you turn, you're like, your head stays in one position in the world. It just looks the, the way you would expect. Breath of the Wild's VR mode, when you tilt your head, the camera, like, swings in 3D space around the character. Mm. And it's weird and disorientating and keeps making me feel motion sick. It's not good. Yeah, that doesn't sound good. Laura, um, I saw a video this week and it was amazing. It was um, it was obviously an emulator because it was on PC. Oh, yes, yes. But it was a first person mod coupled with a bunch of uh, graphics mods. Mm, for Breath of the Wild, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and he was going through the, the you know, the forest bit where you yeah. the secret path to the forest and it looked amazing oh gosh yeah and if, if you've never had a, a taken a chance to look look up the emulator footage for for breath of the wild because that that game looks gorgeous when we're on a high-end pc it, it makes me sad that we can't play that game at 60 fps on high-end gear because it would be absolutely gorgeous what game are we talking about breath of, breath the, of wild. the wild what game is that Seven out of ten. One. Seven out of ten. Uh, I've I've never played it. Ah. I've never actually played it. I what I did when I wrote my review is I I played. I basically I replayed Ocarina of Time and based the review off that. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it got a seven out of ten is because I played Ocarina of Time. <laughs> That's how its Metacritic score dropped from ninety nine to literally zero. Yeah. <laughs> It doesn't have. It doesn't even have a Metacritic score anymore. Metacritic took one look at my review and said, this, "This piece game. of shit doesn't deserve to be on our pages. Get rid of it. Get rid." <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Like as 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 much as the the actual moving your head in VR is not good in breath that Breath of the Wild thing. Uh, at least now I've got like a head mounted one, so I don't have to hold it up to my face. I'm like, I could I could see myself playing this on a plane as long as I use the analog stick to move the camera and never move my head in any direction. I would be way too self-conscious to wear wear a Labo headset on a plane. I've debated it before. I've thought about it. I'm like, oh uh, yeah, why not have a big screen all around my face and shut out that the plane's there? That is, there is a benefit to that. I don't think I, that's the one thing about VR. Like, I don't know if I could ever do it because... Someone's just going to walk in and you're going to punch them by mistake or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, but for something like this where you're not using motion controls with your hands, I'm like, if I was on a long haul flight, I could totally see myself just sitting down and losing myself in some Breath of the Wild for a bit. i tell you what I'd love to see in VR. I was watching this uh, this program this week about... um, uh, they, they had recreated Venice in VR, uh, they'd done like all oh. these scans of Venice and you could go into this VR simulation and look around like the Doge's palace and, and and all this stuff. It looked incredible. I'd love to see that kind of VR go very mainstream. Like imagine using VR to teach classrooms of people about like amazing old buildings and, yeah. and yeah. stuff like that. There, there, there are some really good uses of 
VR out there that aren't games that I found really interesting. Um, it, it, sometimes it's really weird mundane stuff. Like, there is... IKEA has an app on Steam where you can get a sense for the actual real-world size of IKEA components because VR, oh, depth, scale, yeah. you can just be clever. like... Yeah, and I don't believe it's like their whole catalogue of everything they have or anything, but it's like things like that are interesting proof of concepts. Like, to be yeah. able to get a real-world feel for how much of my space would this take up? I've never used it, but WWE uh, have a VR thing when they do their big pay-per-view events. Oh, yeah. Where you can... I think it's like on your phone and you maybe you use one of them phone headsets. I don't quite know the platforms or anything, but the idea is you're immersed in as if you're there. Yeah. Um, and that's an interesting idea. That's, that's, that's one I've always really liked, is the if you can't attend a live thing in person be a floating head that VR goes into it and have it all around you. How does that work? Is it like a 360 degree camera they have or something? Yeah, or? It, for some of them, it'll be a 360 degree camera that they'll place somewhere and you can then just basically become the eyes looking through that camera. Oh man, you That's could be awesome. staring, a, staring a crowd member right in their face and they don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Um, yeah. I, I still think that, like, if Nintendo had pushed it, they probably could have made VR on the Switch a thing, but while Labo and holding it up to your face is the expected way to do it, I don't see it becoming a thing. Yeah. It's it's a tough thing, because it's... Yeah. You're, you're being expected to hold not, not a phone to your face, or not just a headset to your face, but a whole handheld console to your face. Yeah. Um, and even if you get straps, like you're then hanging, your neck is holding up your head and that. Well, I, 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 I was surprised at how little like the weight bothered me when holding it up just with my head with that that 3D printed one. It was a lot more comfortable than holding it up to my eyes, at least. Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends how long you'd have it on. Because I feel yeah. even at the weight the switch is at, which isn't super heavy, I feel too like too long a, a session. And your yeah. neck will get stiff. That's definitely fair. Uh, I th I th that's fairly fair of VR in general, but... Yeah, that is true. I don't want those... I don't want shit hanging off my head. Yeah. Uh, what else was there this week? What have you been playing, Jim? Oh, God knows. Um, I played some <laughs> Days Gone Still, only... I don't know. I'm petering out on it. I got really far in, um, but... Pfft. It's it's not once I got my gym pressions up, I'm like, mm. some of the gym pressions games I'll keep playing. Um, this one I I still did go back to, but not enough. Like, I, my thoughts on it haven't changed. It's all right, but you don't need to play it at all. Um, I played. I've re been replaying this War of Mine. Yeah. Um, it's still not something I can play for super long periods of time. Because it is too stressful for me. Oh, it's emotionally draining. Yeah, the whole thing's exhausting, like like from a mental aspect. Um, but it still is very compelling um, and and frightening uh, in terms of the atmosphere and the story. It's stuff that plays on your mind. Mm. Um, and if you decide to get really invested in those characters and read their bio updates regularly, you start getting scared for the characters as well. Um, and, and just having to weigh up the pros and cons of doing things that will help you to survive but might take a toll on the characters' minds. And, 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 and it's just such a... 
it's one of the most frightening post-apocalyptic games ever made because it's not set in the post-apocalypse. It's set in things people genuinely live through mm. uh, and could happen anywhere if war broke out for as civilised as anyone thinks they are. Um, it's a, it's It remains a game that proves you don't have to necessarily be fun to be an amazing piece of video gaming yeah um not many games can pull that off many games that aren't fun are simply not good but sometimes it a game can offer something outside of simple gratification yeah to to make a point and this one nails it um so yeah yeah still fantastic what was the other game last year that we were talking about that i didn't find fun but really enjoyed <laughs> what the fuck I'm trying to remember what game that was oh uh... and we kind of were talking about how it's not fun but it's great and it's a great experience what game was that it'll come to me uh, I can't remember off the top of my head but I know there are you know there are a few games like that uh, and this aura of mine is, is a very good example um, I also I've been playing a lot of freeware horror games oh yeah um, mostly doing the classics at the moment. I, I replayed uh, I'm Scared, or I'm Scared, as it's stylized. <laughs> yes. I'm at a point where, and I know I've gotten further than this because I remember playing levels that are not in this, um, but I'm at a point where I keep clicking on the executable and it just keeps flashing up an image of a noose, and I can't remember how to get through that, or even if I can get through that, I don't know. Um, I played Faith. I actually played that a little while ago, but I didn't talk about it on the show. Faith, um, very reminiscent of like a Commodore 64 game where you're a priest and you're wandering from screen to screen uncovering things while a screechy monster gets to you. And you have to like, if I recall correctly, pray to dissuade it from going near you. So it like runs off because you're praying or showing your cross to it or something. Um, I played that one uh, quite a way quite a ways back uh, i also played um i see you which is quite similar to i'm scared low in fact all of these are very low quality visual pixelated stuff on purpose mm. um that one was just very similar to i'm scared you're wandering around through corridors opening doors picking up keys while sp- spooky things happen um they're all very effective if you play them with the volume up at night on your own um, if you manage to secure that environment, then they're quite effective. And I'm Scared does clever things with crashes and opening up text files and stuff like that. Um, uh, but but the the one I that got me playing all these was Calm Time, which I can't discuss much of at all without spoiling it. But that one was very interesting. Um, Calm Time involves you hosting a party out in the wilderness, and then just something goes very wrong and it takes a very sudden turn very early on um but they're all free so they're all worth checking out they're on like game jolt and stuff like that itchio um all worth checking out from a the perspective of being interesting but they all fall and this is why i wanted to bring it up they all fall into the same trap that a lot of these indie horror games do and that's where they want to drop you in without much explanation or context mm. to make it more alienating and scary. And then usually throw up a maze or just a lot of space where you're running around collecting things while something is, you know, threatening to chase you or actively chasing you. And the problem with that is, is if you make the player wander around looking for shit, 
there's a very good chance they'll get annoyed. And the moment they get annoyed, frustrated or fatigued, it stops being scary. Slender had this problem in spades. If you get like lost while wandering the forest looking for the eight pages, eventually the Slender Man becomes annoying, not scary, annoying. Because he's getting in the way while you're trying to mm. navigate this really dark space looking for shit. That's how I felt about Mr. X in Resident Evil 2. Don't hate me. <laughs> he was terrifying at the beginning, but the second time I went through, I was just like, all right, I've had enough of this prick now. That's fair enough. I mean, if if the game ends up in that position, it's, it's a tough balancing act between making a game in which the, a stalker character is frightening throughout or is just a pain in the ass. And it's it's a very thin line that, that separates the two. Yeah. And the crossover is massive. Um, it, it can often come from overuse and over-familiarity. Um, Mr. X ends up appearing quite a bit, um, especially depending on which campaign. Uh, and, and eventually that familiarity breeds contempt. Yeah. And then you're not scared anymore. Yeah, because yeah, he was no longer something that was making me tense. It was something that was making me annoyed. Yeah. Yeah. And blocking me from just doing what I wanted to do. Yeah. And this is a big problem with I'm Scared especially. It's sort of a classic in the genre. I've played it before. In fact, I did a video on it, I think, years ago. Um, but it falls into that territory of, at first, it's really quite spooky. But if you end up wandering around with, like, contrived and, and deliberately obtuse uh, puzzles, uh, which some of these games like to throw at you, um, or at the very least, they don't give you much signposting, so you're just wandering around. And eventually, after the 10th jump scare, wandering around, or the 10th encounter, or the 10th minute being chased by something, it's not scary anymore. Hello, Hello Outlast 2. Yes, actually. Outlast 2 I found quite disappointing. Um, and that was part of it, was eventually... Shit just got annoying. Outlast fun. Now, Outlast 1, I mean, now there's a game that's not fun, but that's an incredible experience. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think it's better signposting, better map design it's harder to get lost but it's easy to feel like you're lost in those corridors yeah um whereas some of the more open places some of the ones where you are just wandering around trying to pick up shit it it works until it doesn't is the thing and some of these games could do with being briefer or being more varied mm. because that style of gameplay does work up to a point and then it simply doesn't yeah so that's just what, what I wanted to bring up. It's just something I'm learning as I'm playing these games. But I'm very interested in it. I, I, lately, I've just been into the idea of indie freeware games because some of them can be incredibly yeah. upsetting in a good way. I, I'm I'm always up to for good recommendations for good, free, scary games. I have to say I'm pretty very burnt out on the whole run away from the invincible scary monster style of game now. Yeah. I would say that's what makes Calm Time quite interesting. Um is it's not the typical run away from something and pick it up. Um, there's there's more to it than that. And it's very, very brief. You'll nut this out in like maybe 15, 20 minutes, if that. But, um, but for a free download, I, I would say Calm Time out of the ones I've been playing right now is the one I would recommend. Cool. And that's that's my indie horror corner. Oh. It's recommended if you want to knock one out in 20 minutes. <laughs> Ah, oh. done, you bastard. You've done it again. <laughs> I wanted to do that for ages to someone. I thought you were doing the Resident Evil uh, merchant there. 
I am now. What are you buying? What are you buying? Ah, I'll buy it at a high price. <laughs> Love that guy. I miss him. Why? It's annoying he never came back. Why have they never brought him back? <sighs> He's everyone's favourite character in the series and they never bring him back. I tell you what, if they were to do a Resident Evil trailer for a new game, and did the Emperor Palpatine thing, like with the the yes. Rise of the Skywalker trailer? Yeah. Like they do a whole exciting oh trailer, God, it fades yeah. to black, and then you just hear, "Hello, stranger." What are you buying? <laughs> that would be amazing. And it's not like there's you know lore reasons that he can't come back. <laughs> At no. least not that I know of. Like I'd argue that maybe they thought he was a little bit silly. As they tried to make it more serious. but as, as opposed to literally everything else in Resident Evil. Well, the thing is, I think with 5 and 6, they tried to make it a bit more serious. Yes. Still absurd, but like, serious. Give, give me an egg. Yeah. Resident Evil 7, though, brought the camp back. And I thought, if they were going to bring him back for anything, I don't know how they'd manage it within the context of that. But he could be hanging out in the, the garden. Yeah, it'd be, t- it'd be tricky in that one. But I think, hopefully... With them camping it up again with Seven. Mm. Maybe we'll see him again one day. I hope so. I, I the, would like The that. thing I can't decide now is for the next one, for Eight, I can't decide if I prefer it to be a first person like Resident Evil 7 or to be more like Resident Evil 2 Remake because uh. they were both so good in different ways and I can't decide which I prefer. And I think maybe Capcom's in that position, like which one will make us more money. Yeah. Um, I would imagine like with Resident Evil 2 being such a success for them, yeah. it seems like it was. I mean, maybe we'll see another investor report where it's held below expectations, but it seems to have sold really well and was a critical, like, um, just darling almost. Um, probably going to be on a lot of Game of the Year lists, which for a remake is exceptional. Um, so they, I, I would imagine them not committing wholly to the idea of a first-person game in future based on the on how well Resi 2 did. Mm. Um, but we'll, we'll see. Maybe they'll go for a hybrid. That would be cool. I tell you what, it might it might change if VR by then has definitively died mm. down. That that yeah. Because I imagine a big reason why it was first person was for the VR thing, and I'd be interested to see how well that worked out for them. Whether they can, I think, I think Resident Evil Eight, what perspective it's in, will tell us how well VR did for Seven. Yeah. If it's first person again, it probably did quite well. If it's more like Resi Two, then clearly not. Yeah. Yeah. Um. There was a one bit of, uh, I don't know if it's even news, but did you guys see the stuff about how the Anthem roadmap has been delayed and it seems that game is pretty much just dead now? I just popped yeah. a video up on that, actually, oh, okay. um, before yeah. we recorded, yeah. Uh, another, and it's, it's another game that's shipped incomplete and now doesn't look like it's going to get completed. Yeah, I mean, that was the crux of my video, was it makes the problem of live services pretty obvious. Mm. This is one thing I am. Um, I saw some complaints about people, and okay, so first off, it's never okay to harass developers or social yeah. managers. Okay, however, I saw some people bitching that like all the responses to their social posts were about when is this coming, when is that coming, when is the loot getting fixed. I'm like, this can be very easily avoided by shipping a complete game. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, and I, I, I think when it, when you're asking official social media accounts about these things, I think that's fair game. And did did you see that moment from the live stream where they uh, 
they basically got to the end of the mission and they were like, this is it. This is our rewards. And they opened the loot mm-hmm. container and got absolute bollocks out of what the loot. Did they, what did they think would happen? They know how bad it is. There was just this incredibly awkward silence and they just continued playing without mentioning it. <laughs> Fools. Oh, that game's a mess. They were asking. That was as bad as like Microsoft making a very specific, iconic red ring effect when a console crashes mm. and dies. It's like... Why did you make it so obvious? Everyone's going to latch on to that. What was that note? What was that like really memeable destiny moment where uh, they were live streaming it and they got like two blues and a and a symbol or something like at the end of the live stream? Uh, these live service games. Yeah, That's how bad your loot systems are. You can't even predict they will make your game look good when you show them off. Isn't Borderlands 3 getting gameplay revealed today? I wonder... Yeah. I wonder what the reaction will be when they reveal that it's going to be full of microtransactions and a roadmap. A roadmap. Well, we'll see. What? But yeah, like the the issue with Anthem, I mean, it's it's highlighting the issues of. And they said they're they're delaying it all for bug fixes, but that's another issue. Is if you then spend all your time fixing bugs, you won't ever get to the fucking roadmap, especially with Dragon Age 4 on the horizon. So regardless of the reason, it paints a terrible picture of of a a game in which the investment's being taken out of it. They're moving people away from it. Um, there's no incentive for EA to keep dumping money into it because it's not making them money. And then what happens if they pull support? You've been sold a bill of goods. Anthem is not what you bought. You bought it under the expectation it would be a live service. Yeah. And it, it, if they terminate the service, they can claim they sold you a game, but it's not what was sold to you. I just hope that this whole live service thing now that it's been too many times that the consumer has gotten fucked by these live service games and I hope people are going to start to realize not to buy them on launch. We hope. One can only hope. Like I I never call for boycotts and things, but I, I don't see why anyone would trust a publisher. Yeah. We don't... don't you know, call me old fashioned, but I like the buy a complete game with my money service model. Yeah, a lot of us did. Oh, I did want to find out if if you were interested in something that got announced this week, Jim. Mm. You seen that there's a Persona Warriors game happening? How did I miss that? Uh, so they've been teasing for a while Persona S, and everyone assumed it was going to be Persona getting ported to the Switch. Yeah, it's something called Persona Five Scramble. And it's oh. a Tetmokoi uh, Warriors game about being about being them them very stylish looking people from that JRPG. Well, uh, do we know which games it's covering? Because I Persona is it's a series in which I always keep starting the games and realizing they are very good, but then I never stick with them for some reason. Uh, the the title suggests it's just going to be Persona Five. Okay, I'm. S- I did play a bit into that and loved what I played, but but yeah, didn't stick with it. I yeah. might try again because I like to. Here's the thing about Warriors games: is if I'm not very familiar with the series, I don't get that excited for. That's that's. So fair. I never bothered with Fire Emblem Warriors. The One Piece stuff was. I'm just not familiar with the material, so I I just didn't play it. Yeah. Um. This. I'm familiar enough that I almost want to play Persona 5 again. Yeah. So that this will have more resonance and meaning, so I will actually play it. The thing is, even outside of that, I'm kind of excited for it, because that game was just 
oozing visual style, and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. But the Warriors games where it's just about the spectacle of the fight combined with that art style, yeah, that that seems like a thing that at the very least would be enjoyable to see happening. Yeah, that's that has my attention because Persona's use of of ridiculous visuals and music, yeah, uh, sort of lines up a lot with with Tecmo Koei's, uh Warriors stuff, and they they do similar things. Yeah, it's 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 a game and series that doesn't take itself too seriously. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, Persona Five is uh, a lot more witty about it, um, whereas sometimes the Warrior stuff is just trash that is <laughs> endearing by accident. Um, but yeah, that should be an interesting marriage, and and really, um, it would behoove Tecmo Koei to focus on these games a lot more, the licensed Warriors games, because yeah. it's a format that translates well to things. I still want a Westeros Warriors. Yeah, I want to see like absurd. Over the top anime fied Game of Thrones characters. We just say how fucking awesome that episode was, by the way. It was. I saw a lot of people complaining, but I think that's what like eight seasons of hype will do to you. Um, and especially if you go in with preconceived expectations of what should happen. Yeah. But I found it incredible television myself. I understand complaints about it being dark. Um, Ooh, certainly yes. streaming on HBO now for me, like the artifacts ruined certain scenes. That actually was a big problem. And I think the cinematographer's response to that was a little bit arrogant. He said people should know how to adjust their TVs. And oh, fuck off. I feel like, can you imagine if people were saying to me, I can't hear your vocals? And I was like, well, you have to go and EQ your PC and boost it yeah. at 500, you know, hertz. Yeah, and now that's woefully arrogant. You're yeah. saying the TV settings that have worked well for you need to be adjusted for this one show. Yeah, for every other episode of this show, you know. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, oh, my God. I, I, You know, obviously we're not going to spoil, but there was a moment where this was 3 o'clock in the morning and we were staying up and Rachel was literally crying from tension at this point. <laughs> like, she was literally in tears. Oh God. It's been a long time since zombies have been made properly scary to me. Yeah. Moments of that. And there are moments where true, almost pitch black was justified in that yes. episode. Yes, And those moments worked really well. Yeah. Um, but I think that's all, that's as far as I'm comfortable talking about it. In, in any detail. Yeah. Just suffice to say, there was one moment where we nearly yelled the house down. <laughs> yeah. I will also say there was a Dynasty Warriors sequence in there followed oh, yeah. closely by a The Last of Us sequence. <laughs> yeah. And I realised a certain character was a massive gamer. Aww. Yeah. Oh, oh, by the way, I was noticing a lot of uh, similarities this season to Mass Effect. And I was like, someone on their team is a massive Mass Effect fan. And then, lo and behold, the Mass Effect music shows up in their Behind the Episode. Like the actual soundtrack from Mass Effect. Oh, yeah. So you got some Bioware fans on that team. And you know what? That makes sense because Bioware is one of those studios that has done that whole thing of bringing a massive narrative arc to an end. Yeah. Mm. Maybe not in the best way, but certainly the the, <laughs> the lead up to it felt very similar to the end of Ma to the the final few chapters of Mass Effect Three. Yeah. Uh, before we wrap up, I I did just tune into the beginning of this Borderlands Three gameplay reveal stream that's happening. Uh, yeah. It looks very nice, but it, it it looks like Borderlands, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Just it looks like Borderlands. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to pop and watch that as mo the moment we're done. Did I tell you I tried replaying the first one recently? No, you didn't. No. I couldn't get through it. I couldn't even get two hours. I was really, really bored. 
like super bored. Was this the the, the original original game? Yeah, and maybe it's yeah. just because the first few chapters in the first game are very slow. Yeah. Like really badly paced, but I don't know. I, I'm I'm gonna give the second one a try again and see if that's more fun. Yeah, the 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 second game definitely does a much better job, I think. But the original Borderlands, so much of its opening section is running back and forth to the same point. Yeah. With no real narrative hook as to why you're doing this, just yeah. run and kill those things, then come back. Jump in a circle around the skags three hundred times. Yeah, it's it's not a good start for that game. Oh, it does look like Borderlands. Yeah, you see what I mean? There's there's a claptrap. What is from Borderlands? This this sure looks like Borderlands. Yeah, looks fine. Yeah. I feel like they're going to have to do something, though, to make it more interesting. Because Borderlands doesn't really... I mean, you've got your, your powers like your blink and vanish and all that. But with stuff like Doom after coming out and stuff like Rage 2 now, I was watching gameplay videos of that and it looks fucking amazing yeah. like dashing all over the place jumping on top of things and right now it looks exactly the same yeah borderlands yeah. just felt a little bit tame mechanically in comparison yeah you know? mm. yeah yeah i'll have to see how further the mechanics go but they showed a character screen that looked like it had the same whole like the the three skill tree pattern thing yeah um visually almost indistinguishable. Yeah. You could tell me this was a shot from Borderlands 2 and I'd believe you. Yeah, like there's some 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 occasional effects where I'm like, is that a new thing for this one? Or No, they did a slide. I would never have seen this and gone, this has to be Borderlands 3. Have, have you two seen any of those Rage gameplay videos that are up? Oh, they've added a bit of parkour. Oh, good. Um, But anyway, this, this Rage 2, it, it looks like basically Mad Max meets Doom meets lots of bright colours. And it, it just looks fucking awesome. I really want that to be what it is. It that that seems like a really fun idea. Yeah, I hope so. I, I hope the I hope the open world nature doesn't compromise that. Yeah, we'll see. We will see. How far is that from launching now? I don't know. I think it's pretty close actually. Oh god, it must be soon. Well, I've got my browser open. Where are we at? May fourteenth. Oh, oh god, two weeks. Less than two weeks. Fuck yeah. That has really snuck up on me. I did not realise oh. that was coming up so soon. I'm looking forward to that. I hope it's good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it looks like they've added rather conventional things to Borderlands, but they are additions. Mm. I think they're doing some stealth right now. and oh, No, not stealth. They were doing some crouching. I can't properly listen to it, but they're doing some slow crouching behind. And it looks all sneaky, but I don't know. Stealth is the last thing I want to do in Borderlands. Yeah. I saw crouch sliding. I saw them climbing up a wall that looked a bit parkourish. So it just looks like anything they're adding is almost like they're, they're parskilling the game. Yeah. Not bringing it up to standard. Why, why are there so few games that do stealth where you can be fast while being stealthy? Oh, gosh, yeah. I guess it's just really difficult to do. In favour of Days Gone, the enemies are so stupid that once you upgrade your skill that lets you make less noise while moving, you can literally sprint up to them and stab them. I don't think you're meant to. Odyssey gets a little like that when you're like level 50, 40 to 50 as well. You can literally just sprint up behind people and jump on them and slit their throat and keep running. Yeah. But yeah, like I usually that's something if it's a more stealth focused game, that'll be one of the first things I uh, upgrade is something that lets you move faster while crouching. Yeah. But 
I don't want to keep this going because I know Laura's got to get off to uh, Detective Pokemons. He catch you. Yeah. So, Laura, how can people find out your things online? Me, my stuff, those things. Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube. I'm on kotaku.co.uk. That's where you can read a bunch of ultra-specific thoughts I have about Pokemon because I went to the Pokemon Championships and was allowed to just write as much as I wanted about Pokemon and no one would stop me. Um, hmm. Other than that, I've got um, a couple of books coming out. Uncomfortable Labels is my memoir that's coming out on July 18th, and Things I Learned from Mario's Butt, which is coming out in the summer. And that's about it. Okie dokie. And Gavin, Gavin, doing the music, where can we hear it, please? Well, you can find me this week in my bed, covered in snot and lemsip. Oh. Feeling sorry for myself. <laughs> But if you want to hear my songs, you can go on to YouTube where my Sekiro song is doing fucking gangbusters. And that's the second song in a row now that's been a hit. So that's lovely. Awesome. Thanks awesome. to everyone who's listening. And uh, find me on Spotify and iTunes. And if you want to keep me in this job so that, you know, unlike unfortunate employees of video game companies, when I'm sick, I can take a couple of days off. Yeah. Uh, then you can support my Patreon. Um, under Miracle of Sound Awesome Well I hope you feel better soon man And thank you to everyone Who does support us that way Because we don't have to endure The shit that Video game industry Staff have to endure Yeah That is very true yeah. Very true Well I wish you a speedy recovery And yeah. Laura I hope that Detective Pikachu Is everything It should be And that it is good I, I, I have my hopes <laughs> Alrighty uh, Thank you all for listening Thank you so much For your continued support Of the Gymquisition And everything we do It helps me as Gavin said, uh, not have to live in a shitty fucking job where you can't take any time off. Um, but we will see you next time. I'm going to go watch the rest of this Borderlands thing. It's still looking like Borderlands. Bye. Bye. Bye.